0: All right. Welcome. It's great to have you back here. Always great to have you back and look at who's joining me now in studio. At least a cardboard cutout. My man, Ike, sent me an Ike. <laughs> so we, we got we got an Ike hanging out now officially, which means, you know, the logo like this. It, it, oh, it goes right over his head. Look at that. Look at that. If you're joining us on the podcast, you probably should watch the YouTube channel as well. Uh, but I love that that the Ike's head covers up Ike's head. That's fantastic. Look at this. Now, I know in San Francisco, the first thing they tell you to do is play with your sponsor's nipples. So, I actually rehearsed this, by the way. I, I, I rehearsed that to get that right. Woo. Honk, 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 honk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, welcome to the possibility of sponsorship and sexual harassment here on the Damon Bruce Show, Ike. Thank you, as always. Uh, uh, let's just get it—you know—business right out of the way. We're going to cover up, Ike, to tell you that I was drinking some black and whiskey with my boy GQ. Came over for a little dinner, drinking some black and uh, cask-conditioned. Woo, that is spicy, and uh, we were enjoying that. And I'm here to tell you that today is going to be a hell of a day because we got ping pong balls a-bouncing. We got ourselves a little Giants baseball to kind of evaluate where they are in the year. Uh, Bad news for Oakland, but if there's one thing we all know is that John Fisher can fuck up anything. So it's not the end of the story, but it looks like some... Property has officially been secured, but no public funding is yet. We'll get to all of that in a second. But I want to start with you today before we hop into the chat and start looking around. I know a lot of people were there early today talking about the playlists from the old show on 680 and 1050 and 95.7 that that, – they listen to uh, as they're getting ready to sit down and, and and watch us here on the Damon Bruce show on the Plus, baby. And, uh, I, I'm telling you, Jillian ordered a new sign over here. So this is going to be fixed soon. Uh, I do believe there's a new camera in the works. So a lot is happening. We're not even two months in and so much is happening, but, uh, Look at the way media is changing. And yesterday, the NFL proved once again that the world that you used to know will not be the world that you're going to get to know coming up real soon. For the first time ever, we're going to see a wild card game go to a streaming service that is, you know, essentially a paywall. Uh, a wild card game is going to be on Peacock. Um,. And it's only a matter of time. This is a segment that Ray Ratto and I did not even you know, four or five months ago on the air when I said, in your lifetime, the Super Bowl is going to go behind a a pay-per-view wall. It's absolutely going to happen. When the NFL owners show you what the priority is, and the priority is ringing every single possible dollar out of every single quarter of football that they offer, it being offered to you for free is going to be a thing of the past eventually. It's not going to happen immediately, but in the next you know, media agreement that the NFL sits down to make, and they're in a brand-new media agreement with a brand-new media company almost every single time we look. So um, the NFL signed a deal that gives Peacock the exclusive rights to a wild-card playoff game next year. One game... They spent $110 million for one game. $110 million. Joe Pamplano, who's a very good sports business guy, great follow, he says for context, Apple is paying $250 million annually for the exclusive rights to more than 1,000 MLS games. But Peacock Is going to pay $110 million for four hours of football. Four hours. That's it. Uh, You know, four quarters. $110 million. And that is why the NFL is K I N G King. Um. You know, for those who want to say, well, the Super Bowl, they'll never do that with the Super Bowl. They're always going to, that's such a big major TV event. They're always going to want to go ahead and put that on the network. Look, it's really as simple as this. The minute putting the Super Bowl behind a pay per view wall means that is the right business decision for football to make, they'll make that decision. Your viewing habits, your. Uh, desire to have that game remain free won't matter nearly as much to them as the money. I mean, the money is all that matters in the NFL. And uh, my buddy Dan texted me yesterday. He's like, so it would totally suck to put the Super Bowl behind a pay-per-view wall, but at least it would mean no commercials. What are you, nuts? They're going to sell... Why would they chop off a revenue stream while they're adding a revenue stream? There will be commercials in a pay-per-view Super Bowl I freaking promise you so it's not going to end the ability to generate money from every millisecond of football is now the main goal of the NFL and if you don't believe me um look at look at how many services you have to have right now just to watch your favorite team right so if you're a 49ers fan you Here's what you need. You need access to CBS, Fox, NBC, ESPN, ABC, Amazon, NFL Network. I guess this doesn't apply for the Niners, but I think one of those international games is going to be shown exclusively on ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus. Um, you need Peacock Plus. Uh, and you are now, if you want direct ticket, uh, if you want the Sunday ticket, uh, you're going to have to have YouTube TV as well. I mean, they are putting it in so many different places. The amount of subscriptions and uh, you know things that you have to sign up for, it's never going to end. It will never be less things to sign up for if you want to watch the entirety of a team season. So that's the new reality we're marching into. And again, I I guess I'm part of that new reality, right? We're watching old media die, radio, linear television, right in front of our eyes. I, I heard that for the first time ever, YouTube has now been streamed more on televisions than actual computers. The number of videos watched by people for the first time like ever. And that happened a couple of months ago. So... Just welcome to the new world, kids. There is certainly one out there for you. Um, Again, welcome to Ike, our friends at Blackened. It's good to have you here. It's great to have all of you here. The chat is absolutely popping early on. Otis Bird III checking in early. Uh, Look at the Drew Downs said, that peacock is just out here peacocking. It sure is. It sure is otis he's like i really like that cardboard cut out of ike's so here's the great thing what ike doesn't realize is is how how decorated this thing's going to become i mean you know we're going to put some feather boas on it maybe put a jacket on it we're going to you know th- maybe a zipper mask we're going to get kinky with this thing i'm not going to lie uh it's going to be great and i know ike's going to love every second of it because that's just the way he gets down um yeah talking about the new world that we're living in these are just facts damon Indeed. We got facts for you over here. How about this? Eric Johnson earlier today. I made a playlist of old sports phone and 1050 bumper music from the old days. A lot of Isaac Hayes, funky as all get out. Hell yeah. Stacy checking in this morning. She got here early. She said she's ready for the word. Well, church, priest, tabernacle on all that, Stacy, Thank you so very, very much. It means the world to me that you guys think that much of us to get over here and hang out it's it it really it, it means the world to me and jillian it's why we're uh it's why it's why there isn't a for sale sign on our lawn this morning so thank you all very very much uh today is a big day in sports if you like basketball some significant developments are absolutely happening game one of the western conference finals that is tonight oh my god let me get the ticker up here ready to go boom Game one of the Western Conference Finals, indeed, coming up tonight. Lakers and Nuggets, and look, the Lakers, they got a mission. They're just looking to split in Denver, take game one or two, take home court advantage away from Denver. Uh, That should be a fascinating series. Uh, I think it's going to be tougher than a lot of people. I mean, everyone is picking the Nuggets. I mean, I just watched enough Lakers to know that they got a little something going on. They got a little something going on, so look out. I I, I want a seven-game series. I want a seven-game series in the Eastern Conference Finals as well. That's going to begin on Wednesday. Uh, more news from the NBA, and we'll get to the draft uh, and, and to the ping-pong balls bouncing, but Monty Williams out in Phoenix, that already happened. Today, Doc Rivers out in Philadelphia. I'm surprised they let him twist in the wind all day on Monday. I knew he was going to get fired, and really, you know, Doc Rivers, Definitely a likable guy. 16 consecutive winning seasons. I mean, his teams don't lose, but boy, do they come up short all the time. And who has done less with more future Hall of Famers on his roster than that guy? And when I say who's done less, I'm not even talking about title counts. I'm talking about finals appearances. I'm talking about conference finals appearances. Doc is forever bowing out in the semis. All of his teams, all the time. So, it happened three years in a row now with the Sixers. like to officially congratulate James Harden on getting yet another coach fired. I guess Kevin Durant officially has now gotten another coach fired. Um, Mike Budenholzer, by the way, was the first coach to be let go uh, in this postseason. He got fired in the postseason. Nick Nurse, he got his right when the play-in game ended, so... He doesn't qualify for firing in the postseason, but he also got fired. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I were looking to hire a coach in the NBA, I think I'd call Nick Nurse before I called any of those guys. The NBA draft lottery is tonight. The Victor Webinyama draft lottery is tonight. The 7-4 Frenchman is the single most enticing prospect the NBA has had since exactly 20 years ago when LeBron James was the Bell of the ball of his draft class in 03. Here we are in 2023 now. And Victor Webinyama, you know, you can make a lot of skinny jokes. There are plenty of skinny Yama jokes to make, but this is a 7 4 center who has legit handles. Like he's a center who can play like a guard. There's never quite been a skill set that this guy has packaged in his size in the history of the planet. I mean, he is in a group of one-on-one. For the French elite team that he's playing for, he's leading all players in the league with 22 points per game, 10 rebounds, three blocks. He's real thin, but again, there has never been a prospect who has his skill set at his height. You know, if he stood next to Kevin Durant, who let's face it, there was never a prospect like Kevin Durant when Durant came out of Texas. There was never a guy who was like a legit 6'11, 6'10. However, I mean Durant always lied about how tall he was cuz he never wanted to be played in the front court just exclusively like a center or a power forward. Um it's uh it, it's it's amazing what this guy can do. He's a legit five inches taller than Kevin Durant. The Pistons, the Rockets, and the Spurs all have a 14% chance. (coughs) Pardon me, the cough that never goes away. It lingers. Pistons, Rocket, and Spurs all have a 14% chance at landing the number one overall pick. The Hornets are uh, the fourth best percentage with 12.5%. The Blazers are coming in at 10.5%. You know, honestly, there's a part of me that would love to see him land with the Blazers only because, you know, screw the Pistons and, you know, the Spurs have had their time in the sun, although it would keep Greg Popovich in the league for another five, six years, I bet you, if he landed that draft pick. The Rockets, it's, it's just hard to root for the Rockets at all times, it really is, especially if James Harden's going back there the hornets would mean he's out of sight out of mind. I wouldn't mind if he landed up on the Blazers only because that would mean the Warriors would see him what, 3-4 times a year. It would be fascinating to watch that guy play. A lot of west coast time zone games would fit perfectly into my life anyways, and it would be great to see Damian Lillard actually get paired with someone who, you know, who's got, you know, a little bit more hope to delivering something special than say like Jeremy Grant. So I think it would be interesting if he ended up with the Portland Trailblazers, but again, they have the fifth best percentage of getting him. The single digit chances ranging from nine and a half percent all the way down to a half percent are the magic. Don't want to end up there. Pacers Good for Indiana if they could get him. Uh, Wizards, no thank you. Jazz, no thank you. Mavericks, again, it would be interesting to see him paired with Luka. Would Kyrie stick around after that? Um, The Magic, again, because they have a pick that they uh, got from the Chicago Bulls that is now lottery unprotected. Uh, The Thunder, the Raptors, and New Orleans is sitting there at a half a percent with a chance to have Victor Webinyama. I don't want to see the Orlando Magic land them, because again, you'd never see them. You'd never see how how often do you really want to watch the Orlando Magic? The answer is not very much. Um, you know Utah. Yawn. <laughs> Sorry, Utah. It's just the way it is. We all know it, but it's going to be fascinating to see how this you know lottery shakes out. It is going to be a franchise changing moment for one of these franchises who land victor webin tonight so again tonight game one of the western conference finals wednesday night will be game one of the eastern conference finals we got heat and celtics there so a very interesting final four all things considered in the nba it's a shame that the warriors aren't a part of it but that's the way the cookie crumbles and for the first time in a long time we're really not talking about the warriors here on the show um we'll get back to them of course there's a rampant amount of interest in the Golden State Warriors and what Bob Myers does and what this team does in the offseason it's going to be fascinating but we've been talking about them so much we can sort of move them to the back burner that's what happens when you get eliminated from the playoffs and the pan that now comes to the front burner because I was watching last night uh, by the way also saw what, the, the the Dallas Stars eliminate the Kraken last night? I was watching some hockey. That was fun. Uh, the NBA was dark last night, so there were other things going on on the TV. Again, had my buddy GQ over here. We're sipping whiskey. We're, we're regaling each other with stories and watching sports and watching the Giants a little bit. And I wanted to talk about the San Francisco Giants and kind of update you if you haven't been paying much attention as to where they are and what we're officially looking at here And I only want to look at this year through the prism of Farhan's big off-season decisions. And look, we're not going to include any of the rookies. We're not. We're not going to just talk about, you know, Casey Schmidt, who's off to a really fun start. And, you know, maybe Farhan's finally got something coming through his pipeline for the first time in six years. But I don't want to talk about Casey Schmidt because he's played seven games. Uh, Brett Wisely, you know 21 games he's hitting 154 it's too early to say what he is or isn't but it's not a great start. Blake Sable's out there he's hitting like 256 but he, he makes a ton of mistakes behind the plate but they're you know they're all rookies and you know at least they're getting some opportunities which you know normally a rookie makes his debut with the San Francisco Giants you watch him for three games and then you never see him again. So maybe there's something there uh but Man, the free agent decisions that Farhan has made, not exactly paying out early, and there's a lot of baseball left. All these storylines can change dramatically still. There's plenty of baseball left. But, you know, just looking at Farhan's big decisions, you know, and and all the Giants are, and this is not hyperbole, this is not an exaggeration, all the Giants are is coming off the single most embarrassing offseason in the history of their franchise. Aaron Judge... Was an illusion that they tried to sell to you. They probably never have a chance, but they told you there was no dollar amount that would stand between them and Aaron Judge. Obviously, that didn't happen. And then the whole Carlos Correa fiasco, you know, whether it's good that he didn't land up on the team or not, the amount of embarrassment that the Giants really had to wear. I mean, he's sitting in a hotel room ready to be limoed to his press conference before he found out, yeah, you flunked your physical, ain't going to happen. That's just a bad look for Farhan, whose reputation is just becoming the opposite of a player's general manager. Again, he stiffed Brandon Belt on the way out the door. Uh, He uh, treats agents, free agents, current players, in just this weird, icy way, where you know he'll tell you he's gonna get back to you soon, and then just straight up ghosts you like a date doesn't call back. I've heard that from several credible sources. Farhan is a little bit of an egghead who doesn't sit around talking to people, making anyone feel warm and fuzzy. And then, of course, you got you know the the manager and Gabe Kapler, who everyone thinks is you know a little bit of a weirdo but you know who cares i mean if there's a level of success there who cares if the gm is a nice guy or a good guy or a relatable guy or if your manager is sort of a a weirdo or not if you're getting results results are all that matter well the results of the free agent decisions that farhan made in this postseason, or in the off season like the early returns are not very good just starting with the two big pitching ads, right? you got Sean Manaya who made six starts, and he's got an ERA close to eight. It is 7.96. That is not very good right now. Oh, I'll get the baseball ticker going. Here you go. Boop. That'll tell you what's going on tonight. Zach Wheeler, former prospect in town, taking on the Giants tonight. Alex Cobb, by the way, is the probably best story on the Giants this year and probably the only guy who's like really deserving of an all-star consideration just looking at what he's done so far, he's playing, pitching some of the best baseball of his life. Uh, Ross Stripling is not, though. Ross Stripling has made only four starts. He's got an ERA north of seven. Michael Conforto, you know, well, there's a guy who's going to come on in here and hit some home runs. And you know what? He does lead the team with eight home runs, but right now he is hitting 205. Um, Manaya, Stripling, and Conforto all have player options. So there's no amount, and I'm not saying that Conforto stinks, but Minaya and Stripling are bordering on unplayable, and they all have player options for next year. You know, when a player, the only time a player turns down a player option is when they had something to take to market. Right now, the guys, the only thing they, they can take to market is a level of embarrassment. So, uh. Uh, Tyler Rogers or Taylor? Not Tyler. Taylor Rogers, right? Well, you know they picked up Taylor Rogers. He's made 16 appearances. He's got two losses, one save, and an ERA of five one one. Not good. Not not a disaster, but you know there's still a lot that he needs to prove that he belongs. Mitch Haniger. Mitch Hanniger, who is a a player that I thought, you know, okay, that's a good signing, but it's going to be a risk because up in Seattle he was always hurt. Well, guess what? Mitch Hanniger is always hurt. He's only had 60 at-bats, and he's hitting 183 with two home runs. So, you know, all of the big brainiac decisions that Farhan made are kind of coming up a little short. They seriously are, and they're a half game ahead of the last place Rockies right now. There's 121 games left, lots of baseball still in front of them, but the amount of nothing special that is wafting off this team, I mean, you can smell it just like this delicious Phil's coffee that I'm drinking out of my very nice blackened, uh, what is this? So what, are they, what do they call them? Uh, thermos? Cup? Yeah, I guess it's a therm. No, a thermos, I guess, has to have a lid on it. Like, I wouldn't put soup in this. It's not a thermos. It's a mug travel mug it's nice i like it. it's a yeti that's what i was trying to the yeti look at that that's good coffee so i always made the promise to you we're not going to waste your time when we don't have a lot of stuff to get into today and really we're, we're not going to keep you much longer because we're going to end with what I'm you know, calling bad news. You do got to worry about Don't got to worry about it. But here we are. Screw John Fisher. I, I, I believe it's pronounced fuck John Fisher. I hope his Vegas stadium runs over budget to the point where it costs twice as much as they're planning. And then it burns down the day before it opens. Like that's how much I'm rooting against him having success in any way humanly possible. ESPN had the story came up on Monday that the A's have indeed reached an agreement with Bally's to build a stadium on the Tropicana Hotel site uh, right on the Vegas Strip. Uh, Bally's Corp. made the announcement again, a 30,000-seat stadium on a 35-acre parcel of land. The project is expected to cost about $1.5 billion. And the A's are asking for nearly $400 million in public support from the Nevada legislature, which could... Vote on a proposal this week. I hope they turn it down and say, you know what? We do want a baseball team. We just don't want that one. And we don't want to do business with John Fisher, who is a bad faith actor. And we can prove that implicitly. Because remember, as I told you yesterday, uh, for half a decade longer, the A's have always said to have any sort of success, we need a real estate project that is much more than just a baseball stadium built around a baseball stadium. If at any point in time, Howard Terminal was just a place for a baseball stadium, not trying to build Abu Dhabi around it and have a $12 billion construction price tag, it would have been done by now. It could have gotten done by now. If John Fisher in Oakland only just said i'm here to build a new baseball stadium that baseball stadium would have been built by now but no he had to have more than that and i really do believe that that howard terminal situation when you look at what he's about to agree to in las vegas was designed to be a non-starting poison pill from the get-go when you see what the real priority is to get to las vegas a smaller media market smaller revenue uh in terms of of um, you know, just media-sized television market. Um, although the A's, let's face it, have so reduced their ability to operate in this television market. I don't know if you can get smaller than that. They're promising nothing but sellouts to Vegas. Look, there aren't enough A's fans remaining to sell out. I don't think the A's are going to instantly capture the imagination of Las Vegas. But what Las Vegas will offer... Which Oakland really won't is a level of tourism and out-of-town ticket buyers. So much like the Raiders, should the A's go to Vegas, um, they'll never have a home field advantage ever again. Not that there isn't much one of one now. I mean, at least they got all that foul territory, which makes things a little different. It's not helping. Um, the uh, the A's winning percentage, I think, is two oh nine. I wrote it on the ticker, uh, but it's. It's just, the whole thing is disgusting. Every element of it is disgusting, and every word out of John Fisher and Dave Cavill's mouth about any legitimate chance to try to get things done in Oakland was a total lie. When you look at what they're settling on, you know, John Fisher's not saying they're looking to build a hotel in Las Vegas. They're not looking to also have a casino. They're not looking to do – they're not – this is just a stadium. The, the non-starter just a stadium in Oakland – is now what they're running towards. And they were going to spend $12 billion over here, but $1.5 billion to get a stadium built there. But they're still asking for that public handout. Like, dude, fuck you. I seriously, I hope the budget and the overruns turn that into a $3 billion stadium when it's all said and done. And then the day before it's supposed to open, there's a grease fire because someone forgot to turn off the, the deep fryer and the corn dogs burned the whole goddamn stadium down cannot root for that guy cannot root for that guy ever i want to thank you so often rooting for yours truly let me uh, give you a little subscriber count here because we are approaching uh, a nice round number we're at five thousand three hundred and ninety six subscribers if four of you who are watching right now who are not subscribers become subscribers. That's going to be 5,400. Round numbers make me happy. I'd love to get to 5,500 by the end of the day. Do you think we can get 104 subscribers? Do you think you can tell a friend, tell somebody who really likes sports about Damon Bruce Plus today? Let's get us to 5,500 because then we get to six, and then we keep on growing. That's how math works. I was explaining to Jack today that numbers go on forever. And he said, Dad, what do you mean? I said, well, give me the biggest number you could think of. He's three years old. He said 10. I'm like, well, you can always add one more. Numbers never end. So let's keep growing this bad boy. Hit that like button. Don't be shy. And make sure you're also following on the podcast. uh, And you will get everything you need to know right here in a compact, streamlined, what you need sports broadcast that ain't looking to drag you through four hours of bullshit. We're just looking to give it to you. Just pull back the arrow. Boom. Hit the bullseye. Get yourself. A little blackened whiskey to enjoy get yourself a delicious sandwich from ike's i know jillian and i are going to be ordering a couple of sandwiches from ike's as soon as this show ends might have to send some sexy sandwich pictures out later today we're going to open up the doors of club plus we're going to let everyone in see what's going on who's chit-chatting away but For those listening on the podcast today, I say thank you so much for tuning in, and please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.